following program is presented by Tracy Austin of New Mentality PC and Mental Edge Fitness Solutions. Hey, hey, this is Tracy Austin with Mental Fitness Matters. This show is designed to provide people with tips, strategies, and solutions to improve your mental fitness. This is Mental Fitness Matters. Hey, hey, everybody, you are listening to Mental Fitness Matters. I am your host, Tracy Austin, and this show is designed to provide you with education, tips, strategies, and solutions to improving your mental health and mental fitness. And I am back this week with my amazing co-host, Erica Singleton. She's the Director of Communications from Professionals Beyond the Game. E, what's going on this morning? Man, it's been wild, and it's been a while since we've seen each other, so it's uh, so good to see you. Good morning. so good to see you. So good to see you. I am going through a uh, time of change, but it's it's outstanding change. Um, My title, kind of taking after our guest today, we'll talk about it a little bit later, but Gentoni and I kind of talked about it. I'm the chief storyteller. I love it. And and on my day-to-day basis right now, I've taken over as an uh, assistant athletic director at a charter school. So um, I'm in the schools. I'm feeling I'm feeling spry. I was on the court last night working with some basketball players. (laughs) I'm working with my middle school swimmers. So things are great. Things are great. Just busy. Yes. And I know the with the transitions that you're making, the people that you're serving, they're so happy to have you and your light and your expertise. Every time you step into a room, you light it up. So it's just I try to, but I'm just trying to be like our guest. Oh, my (laughs) gosh. You brought back the amazing. So if you're tuning into this show for the very first time, the guest that we have today, she has been on with us before and she left such a mark um, in our lives and our community's lives. And we cannot wait to introduce you guys to her again. If this is a reconnection or the first time we're going to reintroduce Misha Robinson. Would you like me to make that introduction? Please. I got you right now. I get excited. Misha <laughs> Robinson is a social entrepreneur committed to generating innovative and impactful changes in organizations and communities. With more than 15 years of brand management and marketing strategy experience, she transitioned out of her career and into a life of social impact. Misha is also the founder and CEO of Hope of I Am We Are, a U.S. and South Africa registered nonprofit dedicated to empowering youth across Africa with tools to confidently own their futures. Misha is also the co-founder of Unite, a growing collaborative of Americans from all walks of life dedicated to addressing universal challenges that can only be solved together. Misha received a Master's of Business Administration and Marketing from in New York University, Leonard Stern School of Business and a Bachelor of Science in Business Administration from University of Maryland. Misha, sure. me- welcome back to the show. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so honored <laughs> to be here. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> I just want to acknowledge that I'm a bit, um, that my body's experiencing a bit of cold this morning, but I am so excited to be in community with y'all. Um, yeah. Happy to I'm have you back. Yeah, I'm humbled by y'all's words too. I'm thinking too, y'all asked me about a bio. I was like, I gotta rewrite my bio so it actually speaks to my truth and not some things that I've done in my life. Like truly who I am. That's what I was thinking. I was like, that's not, is that who I am or is that some things I've done? Um, Go ahead and start right there. Tell us who you are. Oh, I am joy. I am love. I am light. I am peace. I am a change maker. I am a woman of God. I'm a healer. I'm, I'm starting. I'm, I'm, I'm going to just put it out there. I'm a minister. Yes. Um, I'm a, I'm an author. I'm an entrepreneur. I am that I am that I am. I just, I, I am. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, and I'm grateful. 
Yes. Um, Misha's organization, I am, we are, um, is I am because we are. It, it follows that Ubuntu. And just kind of looking at it, she and I have talked before, and those who got to watch the last time or listen the last time know that she and I met when we were 11 years old, 12 years old. And the amazing thing is, I think just in the name of her company, I feel like there is a part of my life that's part of that. I am because we are. Mm. You know, she has always been there as someone that has not only been a sounding board, but also a cheerleader. Like no matter what it was I wanted to do, no matter how outlandish, sometimes even how stupid, it's not so much that she was just a hype man. No, no, I made some stupid decisions, but she was never just a hype man, but would honestly be like, but why do you want to do that? What do you think you'll get out of that? Like she was also very thoughtful in all of it. And so she's sometimes she's like, I don't remember that. That's okay. That is okay that you don't always remember it because it stuck with me. And that's what really matters is that your words and your actions have stuck with me. And she has always been when she says she is and she has always been um, both love and light to the people around her. Mm -hmm. Thank you. I received that, Erica. Um, And I just want to just thank you in this moment just for always being a supporter to me um, and just always being by my side and just being also a model of joy and light and being you, you were unapologetically you in sixth grade. (laughs) And I wasn't at that place or I may have looked like I was, but I wasn't, but you always, always modeled truth and and the importance of being truth and embracing truth. So thank you for being that model for me and for also bracing my truth and always being there to support me on my journey. Yeah. We are we are we are grateful for each other, but I, I think it's uh it's reflection sometimes yes. is that we mirror each other's energy, um, which is nice and it's important to have people with this type of energy around you. Um, you can literally feel it. So you guys, I know you're feeling it through the sound waves right now, but I, we're in the studio together. We can literally feel it. Had chills when you were talking about your I am's. I have chills now as you guys are going back and forth about appreciation and just gratitude. And that is about our show today. And you do it so naturally because it's truth. It's who you are. And you're exactly right. That reflection piece, being able to see yourself, see your heart, see your love and light in the other. That's just so powerful. And we're so excited, Misha, to have you and just be connected and aligned with you and all the good work that you're doing. So speak to that a little bit. What's been going on since uh, this whole pandemic and the last time we saw you last year, right? What's happening? Um, how are you walking in your love and light journey? Now, that's a that's a loaded question. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> how, where? And how, I can tell you about what I did in the last two days. Like, um, Let me think back. Pandemic. I think um, I'll just start, but I, the pandemic started for me where I was on a trip where I went from Atlanta to um, New Orleans and it was for the Project Unite. And I drove around just literally pulled, like literally, and if you know me, you you can get this and you can see this, but I literally pulled over at like rest stops and talked to people and asked them, who are they? And how do people perceive them and what's their truth versus how the world stereotypes them and what do they want people to know about them and what is love to them and what are they most proud of? Um, and part of that project was... I wanted to understand people's truth. And I wanted to also, I was videoing it. 
I wanted to share with the world that we are more alike than we are different. So in that conversation, you know, I'm going from Atlanta to New Orleans. I didn't ask anybody what their um, denomination for religion was or their political orientation was, but I just spoke to them to this conversation about their truth. And, And I start there because I think that shaped for me the pandemic in a lot of ways, because when I got back to D.C., I felt my own fear because that's when we started talking about the lockdown and I was in the grocery store. And to your point about what you feel and the energy, I felt the fear in the grocery store. And as Erica will tell you, my grocery store is like one of my favorite happy places. So my happy place can't be full of fear. Okay. And, and in that moment when I was literally debating, like, do I need to get a gun and do I need to do this and all those other conversations that people were having? I shifted back and I remembered those experiences with these people that I met on the road who were complete strangers, who by all accounts were people that I was supposed to be afraid of because of their political beliefs and their religious beliefs and, you know, the way they showed up in the world. And none of that was there. I had these beautiful, loving moments and it reminded me about what humanity really is and the greatness that is within all of us that the world doesn't always get to see. So I think that is what that energy is what pulled me through the pandemic of sitting in my humanity, sitting in my truth. And I think from those experiences that year, I really was prompted to be like spiritually, like God was like, love, like love was just something that kept going forth. So, you know, I had experiences where I felt prompted of like, it's one thing for you to be loved with people who look like you and think like you. It's another thing for you to be loved with people who think differently. So like I went to Tulsa to the Trump event and I, you know, and I was like, I'm going to talk to Trump supporters and I'm going to be love and I'm going to be truth. And I'm not here to change their perspective on Juneteenth day, but I'm just here to be love and see their humanity um, and get past all the ideology. So, you know, that, those are, that was part of my experience during the pandemic and really just, um, a lot of investing in me this year. So like, girl, I got whole teams to help and bring forth my truth. I'm just really focused on loving me and understanding what love means in its truest, biggest sense. And so that does start with me. And as the more I love on myself and invest on myself, and I've really invested in my own, in some regards, healing, it wasn't purposely healing, but just doing um, work. Like I went through a coaching program. I just finished last weekend. Um, I got certified in, in, in ontological and um, mindfulness, um, uh, coaching, which is all big titles, but like, um, that worked changed me as a woman. And so who I was last time I talked to y'all and who I am now is a completely 180. Wow. Wow. Talk about growth. Talk about being present, talking about being self-aware, talking about paying it forward. I just loved all of what I was kind of hearing as you have been going through this journey and being open. One of the biggest things that I'm hearing, you're being open, you're asking the questions you're seeking out and they're coming to you. They're coming to you. And so that is a big deal. When we think about anything that we're doing in life, whether if we're closed off, we may not get anything from it. Right. But if we're opening ourselves up to the opportunities, to the people, to the places, to the spaces that are right in front of us, we can learn so much from them and from others. But we also learn so much about ourselves. Thank you for sharing that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think the other side of that, too, Tracy, is there's one thing to ask. And there's one thing to listen and to be open. But the next step, I think, is being courageous. It's Mm. not easy to 
follow those promptings. Um, it really does. All, I, I'm going to just step out here and lean in and say it's going to take you out of your comfort zone. Yes. <laughs> it's going to make you face your insecurities and your fears. And all of that takes courage. And so I think to the to the earlier conversation about the people you surround yourself with and that energy you surround yourself with, you got to feed yourself with things that are going to nurture your soul and that are going to support you in having that courage and that strength to know that if I go out here and even if I fail, it's not a failing because I grew and I learned from that experience and I can always go back. Um, so I think that that just that is the thing that supports you in being able to follow that journey. Talk about that for yourself. You talked about some of the things that you're doing from a personal perspective. Can you share some of your um, things that you do from a self-care perspective? What have you been diving into? I heard you talk about mindfulness and some of those things going on. What are you doing as a daily practice or as a practice in general for your mental health and mental wellness? Girl, girl, literally while I was waiting this morning, um, meditation, can I just tell y'all? And tell it's us, not the tell us. In the world, but meditation, number one, first and foremost, I think is the most powerful tool that I have tapped into. Um, and as somebody who um, naturally talks really fast, who naturally processes fast, like and always used to have so much chatter going on in my head that I could not connect with people and be present. Um, it slowed me down. It allowed, it grounds me. And that's where, like, I always think of prayer as us talking to God, where meditation is where God talks to us. Mm-hmm. And so it allowed me to, one, tap off the chatter, that voice that's, that's always going, that tells you who you aren't. It allows me to be conscious of that voice, separate from that voice. Um, it allows me to, in the moments of, you know, maybe anxiety, fear, et cetera, to be able to presence myself. Like there's so many tools that come out of meditation, but then also being able to hear that voice. So I'm I'm a big proponent of meditation, even Can if I, it's five minutes a day, five yes. minutes a day of meditation, five, just a couple you know, they, um, breaths, you know, throughout the day, that breathing, getting oxygen literally to your brain. Oh my gosh, the power in that. But I think, you know, I, um, I have a, a prayer meditation room next door and I'm so thankful for that. I've been able to create that space so I can intentionally keep these practices, but journaling prayer. Um, I think also in this moment and in this season, like I've cut off a lot of things. So as somebody who naturally is a connector and builds community, I've also been conscious about like one, who are places, who are, what are the places and who are the people that fill my energy versus the places where I go to and I give energy out. And so really like I found honestly that that list was small when I did that. And so I focused on, okay, like how do I, intentionally sow into myself energetically so I'm getting fed, but then also be conscious about, am I in a space to also give my energy out to people? Mm. Um, Because I found like I was doing like on the phone so much, talking to people and then being drained and tired afterwards. And that tiredness feeling that we talked about for me, it wasn't just about the work I was doing it, but it was about how much energy and how much I was showing up for so many other people. But girl, was not showing up for myself. So... I think the big practice also that came from that, like, is one showing up for myself. And that meant being quiet in my home a lot now, Um, being intentional about my time as somebody who naturally is sort of a free spirit, being intentionally about my time. Um, And then from there, showing up for myself and prioritizing myself in my own life. Oof, oof, oof. So many nuggets in all of that. So many nuggets. Uh, There are so many different things that you are to other people as well. 
um, have been a caregiver, a joy giver, um, and also really teaching. You and I talked about a social media post that you had put out that really kind of got to the heart of you realizing that when you are giving, it's feeding you as well. Can you talk a little bit about that? Um, so I think, and Erica, you're talking about the post that I just put up that one, that, that recent one. Yeah. The one where you're in the picture in the mirror. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it's interesting. I think my big lesson from that post is about truth to what we're talking about. And, and so much of what the world tells us is that, you know, or at least for me, I'll speak, let me speak in eyes. Like I did not feel enough. I did not feel worthy. I did not feel beautiful. I, um, you know, I felt like I was too much, so much. I have a big personality. I'm loud. I talk fast. I'm like, ah, all the time. I've got a lot of energy. And I think also as a little black girl, you know, growing up when we did, you know, I think all those things, you know, people talk about black girls can't be angry. Well, black girls can't be happy either. Like that was that was told that I'm too happy and I can't show up in that way. And so I felt like a lot of the things of who I was, I was told wasn't right, wasn't black, wasn't this. And and so I hit all of that. And so my mask that I wore was a mask where I pulled those things up sometimes in excess because I was trying to be those things and or I was always trying to hide. And so I think part of it of this journey that I've been on is like I've been in this small little box, this box that the that I thought I could fit in in order to belong. And I am now crushing that box Mm -hmm. and in crushing that box. I'm fully showing up in my truth, whatever that is in that moment. And that pose for me was the revelation and owning of that truth and also just even putting out to the world of like, you may see me one way, but this is how I saw myself and acknowledging my growth and being able in particular in that picture, what you saw was me looking into a mirror in my own bedroom and on the mirror, it says, I am beautiful and speaking to the work like that, affirming myself work that I've been doing so that I could see my own beauty, see my own light and see my own truth um, and be able to receive what other people were also then saying about me. Um, So the fact that like I put that out there and I'm just, I just put it out there and it was like the most likes and shares, et cetera, that I've ever gotten from a post. It was really affirming and just for me, confirmation of when you show up in your truth, truth shows up to greet you. So great. So many great nuggets and words of wisdom and enlightened, just an enlightened spirit. And I got a question for you too. Like, as our community is listening, I heard you talk about some of those practices that you do on a day. Was it a daily basis for you? Are these daily practices that you take part in we meditation? Try. We try. We try. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's okay. Like, yes. it's, it's my intention. Thank and I you. don't hit it every day, but I try. And then I try again the next day. But if I got three days done during the week, then I'm good. So I call it my golden 30. And I try for a daily practice. And I will get there one day, but we're not there yet. But Misha, that's the point of it all right there. You're talking about starting something, doing something, being intentional about, about that. And I think we get stuck, right? We can get stuck. The, the idea of meditating It's like, wait, I can't sit anywhere for five minutes, 30 minutes, 20 minutes. It's about starting something, creating a practice, whether it's three days, every day, one day, just start. 
So when you started your meditation work, because um, I think that is really a big key to being grounded and to being able to hear and receive and to get closer to who we really are. Can you speak a little bit to what your meditation practice started as? Was it five minutes out the gate? Did you start with a one minute practice? Help our community learn how to kind of get started if they're not already meditating. How can we start a simple practice of meditation? Let me just tell you, and I'm going to get to the simple, but let me just tell you, because I'm that person. I went to like a Buddhist retreat. Oh, <laughs> That's you got to tell started. me about that. I want to go. Girl, I was in Woodstock, New York, of all places. And I had a weekend and I ran out of that place. Like it was like, you talk about, I've never meditated before in my life. And then you, I meditated and was cleaning and scrubbing floors. <laughs> I was like, and I, and I walked away like, I think I'm Christian. I think I'm really Christian. <laughs> Like, so I'm sorry, I just gotta laugh. But oh, that's what great. I learned from, I, I look back and I cherish that experience now and I and I love Buddhism and the wisdom there and that. But um <laughs> but what I learned is one, there's multiple forms of meditation. Yes. And so meditation, what I learned there, there's meditation through sitting, which is what we usually think of where you know people are breathing. There's meditation through yoga or through movement, really. And yoga is a form of movement. Meditation through um, art. So like when I was at that retreat, like we painted or did things like that. Um, Meditation through chanting, right? And we've seen that before, like on TV. Um, And then there was also meditation about like doing work. So really what I learned from that, and this is my, my language, but like, it's more about really stilling your mind and focusing on one thing. Like, and so... especially as busy people were always doing, doing, doing. And so even when I first came back, I started with like, I picked up a camera and I was like, I'm going to do photography and I'm going to really focus on taking pictures and being with my subjects and, and looking at the world that's around me and, and really being present to the world and acknowledging it and taking pictures. And that was a way of like stilling my mind, being present and calming myself. So I throw that out there as just like meditation doesn't always have to be sitting and breathing. Um, but I think then from there, that's what I, I, I evolved into of like a sitting practice where um, I, I started with an affirmation and my affirmation was my life is evolving exactly as I should. So there are tons of apps out there that can give you affirmations. If there's a thing that you're struggling with and what I was struggling with at that time that gave me that affirmation was feeling content with where my life was going and that like I was behind or I should be doing this, et cetera. And so that was the affirmation that I focused on and I would just breathe in and out. And in my mind's eye, I just keep saying that over and over again for five minutes and set a timer. Um, and I think the big thing I've learned from meditation that I give to everybody to what you said, Tracy, is no judgment. Yeah. So like a lot of what I hear with even my coaching clients is that judgment of like my mind wandered and oh my gosh, and it's so hard to get my mind to be still. That actually is the work. Your mind naturally is going to wander whether you're taking pictures and being focused Or even you can be mindful when you're doing your work and just being still, or if you're doing breathing exercise and meditation, your mind is going to wander. But part of the work is to not judge it, be there with that thought, understand what that thought is, and then bring your mind back. And in that process of being able to be there and come back and do it in a way that's loving, it actually teaches you practices as well for how you show up in the world. Thank you. 
I know. I know. It's not easy for everybody to find focus. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to make you change directions very fast and (laughs) and almost rush you because 30 minutes runs by so quickly. But in all of our talk of love and light, um, your organization has an event coming up and I have to give you an opportunity to talk about that. Get in there. Yes. So, um, look, I'm like, do I even December 11th? It is a virtual event. We are celebrating to the subject. Um, I am light. So every year we have an I am theme. And this year is I am light. So you can go to I am we are youth.org. I am we are youth.org. And you can um, look at those tickets. But what we are having, this is steps back, is we're having a reception. Um, the reception on December 11th will allow you to learn more about our organization, get to see the light of the children that we support and the work that we're doing, how we are bringing light to the world and letting lighting other people's lights. But then in addition to that, we are having an art auction. So I literally just got back from South Africa and getting the art um, that will be in that auction. And we've got um, some up and coming artists from New York and also California that'll be a part of that. We've got some experiences and food in there. So go to our website, I am we are youth org and you can also view that art auction and participate in that and so the auctional um you'll be able to see the materials that will be up for auction starting next week you don't have to buy a ticket to the reception to participate in the auction um so i invite you to support our work and empowering youth so they can know their light by um, buying a ticket to our reception or participating in our auction Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> Misha, we appreciate you for sharing your love, light, and just who you are with us. Erica, it's always fun. I know. And it, and it always goes, so goes way too fast. <laughs> Community, we want to thank you. We want to have you go out and shine bright like the stars that you are. Make an impact. Make a difference. Shed your light. See you next week. Thank you for joining us today on Mental Fitness Matters. Tune in every Thursday at 830. 830- Number seven.